while the game may be over, but the best Hawkeye analysis is just getting started. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Ross Peterson and Travis Justice are taking your calls. Sound Off. This is your home for the Hawkeyes. News Radio 1040, WHO, and the iHeart Radio app. Off and running with hour number two of the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Ross Peterson, Andrew Downs filling in for Travis Justice. We've got Sean Roberts with us also. Love to hear from you at 284-1040. Mentioned last week was a little bit different for me. Not only did I watch the game on an island in Canada with a group of Hawkeye fans while we were getting ready to slay walleye all week, but I didn't get to uh, so I didn't get to do sound off, get to that emotional cycle of uh, of hearing Hawkeye fans kind of vent all night Saturday night. I also didn't get that analytical breakdown on Monday afternoon with my buddy Chuck Long. Every Monday, he joins us on our sister station, 1460 KXNO. Chuck, I know you didn't get a chance to kind of do that either. So you and I, we're going we're gonna to work our way through all of that uh, emotion together now, if that's all right. Thanks for giving us time. You bet. You bet. Good to be on. You were, you. you were in studio today for Big Ten, right? I'm in studio all day. Yeah, we've had, I'm doing the, you know, the, the halftime shows, the post games, and then we'll have a final drive tonight after all the games. Well, we'll get uh, wrapped up here as quick as we can because I know you've only got a couple minutes here left in this first half between Michigan and Northwestern, so you're probably getting right. back into studio. Uh, what's uh, What's been your reaction today? What's going on with Nebraska? I think that's where I want to start. 27-14. This Purdue team was not supposed to be very good, Chuck. Well, they weren't, but they have a hot quarterback right now, David Blau. Okay. And Nebraska has a young quarterback in Adrian Martinez, and that's really been the difference in the game. And you could just, when you watch the game, you could just tell. You, you can tell a senior quarterback versus hmm. a freshman quarterback. And Nebraska's going to go through some growing pains with a young quarterback. All teams do with a young quarterback, and that's that's really been the difference in the game, in my opinion. Chuck, what do you need to see from this Hawkeye offense? Uh, a listener in our last segment wanted me to ask you that question. Well, you need a more consistent run game. You know, their offense is set up where, you know, you're, you're, you have two, you have tight ends on the field, you have fullbacks on the field. Uh, you just like a little bit more consistent, consistency in a run game. You know, the difference between, I thought that game against Wisconsin was Wisconsin's run rush game uh, versus Iowa's rush game. And Wisconsin came out the winner on that. But, um, you know, I, I think with, with the passing game, I think Nate Stanley's getting better. I think they still are lacking a deep threat at wide receiver. Their deep threat right now is Noah Fant as a tight end. But when you have tight ends and you feature tight ends, you're not usually going to score a lot of points. So you have to play really good defense to keep the opponent down and scoring. Uh, there's only so many points you can score and, and so many times you can get the deep threat with a tight end. So they still need to develop a, a fast wide receiver on the outside just to take the top off the coverage. And then just more consistency with the run game at this point in time. Chuck, us guys who uh, never played college football at any level like to talk about you know good and bad times for bye weeks, momentum, this sort of a thing. Uh, but fr- from a guy who knows, is is this a good or bad time for the Iowa bye week, or, or is there such a thing? Oh, it's hard to say. I, I think that's one of the most mismanaged weeks in all of college football by any coach. And and coaches still try to figure out how to manage that, that bye week because you like the rhythm of the, of the season, whether it's, it's you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but that's just football from week to week. But I think it's I think it's a good time. I mean, it's hard to say at this, at this point in time. I don't think Iowa's played 
poorly where they really needed a bye week or need a bye week. I think they've had really some go. They had some great momentum going into the Wisconsin game, and that game could have gone either way. Uh, it just came down to turnovers, really, for, for Iowa. Um, and then it took a Hornybrook 88-yard drive. You know, you have to be impressed with that with a quarterback on the road. Other than that, I thought Iowa had some good momentum going into this bye week anyway. So I think it's just a matter of working your your uh, just the little things, working everything out. And then the bye week, I always use that to break tendencies. Where we're, where we're, where, what are the tendencies we're showing right now? How can we break those tendencies? Because now uh, the opponents have four games on film, so they can watch all that tape and you start to develop tendencies after four games. Chuck Long joining us. He's in studio at the Big Ten Network, and you'll see him here in moments as uh, we get ready to go to halftime between Michigan and Northwestern. Chuck, in that same perspective, coach and player, do we as fans make too much out of this first road game of the season? Uh yeah, I think you know they've had four home games. Obviously, they've hit the road for a while, but I don't. I, I think Iowa under Kirk has traditionally played pretty well on the road. I don't. I don't see that as a as an okay. issue. Uh, some of it, they've had some some home losses that have been been head scratchers, but I don't think it's been the road has been a problem. I could recall uh, even an undefeated season going on the road against a, a good Northwestern team and, and upsetting them there. And, and uh, C.J. Beathard was hobbling on one leg. So the Hawkeyes always seem to find uh, – they get on the road and they seem to have a, a lot of enthusiasm when they do get on the road. So I don't see that as a problem, no. Chuck, thanks for giving us time, man. I know it's a busy Saturday for you. I greatly appreciate it, buddy. I'll talk to you Monday afternoon, okay? All right, thanks, guys. All right, you bet. Chuck Long joining us here on Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off again, uh, live from the Big Ten studios. Interesting day here in the Big Ten. Indiana beats Rutgers 24-17. Michigan State with a 31-20 win over Central Michigan. And three game, or two games going on right now, one that's coming up. Northwestern up 17-7. Just punted to Michigan, and Michigan's now driving at the end of the first half. About 90 seconds left in this first half. Michigan just crossed uh, midfield, but a flag might take it back. The other one that we're keeping an eye on is Purdue at Nebraska. Purdue got up early. Now it's 27-14. You still have about six minutes left in the first half of that, or I'm sorry, in the third quarter of that game. That game on BTN, Michigan and Northwestern on that uh, that Fox uh, game today. So Purdue is currently in the Nebraska red zone. Purdue with the ball in with Nebraska the ball red in the, zone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quickly, Andrew, you know, quickly. you you I'm sure were open last week about your kind of just natural distaste for for all things Wisconsin. Yes, right? yes. I've never had this. I've never been, like, rooting against a team. I've never had a team that I was... Because I, I always feel... Nebraska's that team all of a sudden yeah. for me. I just don't like Scott Frost. Michigan is that way a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's but Michigan. They're, it, they're ways away. And, I don't and, have, it's, and it's hard not to respect the program. Like, I mean, like, right. Michigan's the winningest program in the history of college football. They have cool uniforms. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like Jim Harbaugh at all. Yeah, I don't but, like the. T- but I, I don't hate Michigan. I don't like his attitude, right? But I don't like Scott Frost. No, I don't either. And, and I, you're right. It's it's fun to watch Nebraska lose. We looked at their schedule during the break. They might have a three win season. <laughs> you were telling me, Andrew, that uh, that after last week when they got blown apart by Michigan, 
They've given up 10 points, or I'm sorry, they've given up 50 points to 10 different Big Ten schools. Yeah, Scott Docterman had this, these stats, and, and yeah, since joining the Big Ten in 2011, 2009, 11, whenever it was, they've given up 50 points to 10 different Big Ten schools, Iowa included, uh, last season, which... When they came into the Big Ten, the arrogance of that fan base of what they were going to do to this conference and how they were going to dominate this conference and how we're lucky that they haven't been in the Big Ten all these years because they still would have won all those national titles and conference championships and they're going to walk over this conference, let alone schools like Iowa and Wisconsin who think they're good because they don't ever have to play teams like Nebraska. And seven years into this thing, they're a doormat. They're, 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 on their, they're on their third coach since at least no. since coming into the into the conference. No, they're way more than three. They're, three or four. They're, they're, they might be paying three right now. <laughs> no, I mean it's in the Big Ten. Yeah, they've got. You yeah, think they've Pelini, got three? Riley and then Frost. Was Polini their coach Pelini when they came was, into the Big Ten? Yep. I don't know. We'll have to look at that. But regardless, not only have they not come in and dominated the conference. They're an also-ran. I mean, as an Iowa fan, I look at our schedule, and there are only a few guaranteed W's. One of them's... One of them is Nebraska. Absolutely right. Which is... Which is correct. Like, I feel more worried about the Minnesota game than I do about the Nebraska game. Part of it's that that it's at Minnesota. But Iowa's had their way with Minnesota recently. I'm not that worried about this game next week. I'm not that worried about the Indiana game. Or the Maryland game, I'm very, very confident about the Nebraska game, especially because by then Nebraska's going to have nine losses. Man, they're lucky they didn't play Akron Week One. Man, they'd, you, they'd already be on. You on have the that floor. game on in there, Sean. You, you're watching Purdue Nebraska. Purdue pun- hasn't punched it in yet on the uh, the game cast uh, that I'm watching. Yeah, third and one here on the six. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> when we get back, hopefully we can give you an update on a Purdue Nebraska score and touchdown Purdue. And there it is, right there. 33-14 at Nebraska, a team that already lost to Troy, is looking at going 0-4 with games at Wisconsin and, I believe, Michigan State coming up. Best of luck, Nebraska. Sound off rolls along next on News Radio 1040 WHO. Fans, this is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by GNL Clothing and Schottenkirk Chevrolet. They're going to go in a hurry. It's Sargent off the left side. He's smelling that goal line. Touchdown! Touchdown, Iowa! The first touchdown of the game comes with 447 to go. Makai Sargent taking it in for the touchdown. Hey, a little guest appearance by our buddy John Walters there on Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. That was the uh, Makai Sargent touchdown against Iowa State. Made that game 13-3 to in the fourth quarter. Had a couple others that uh, I'm kind of choosing from here, Andrew, as highlights from the season. If I said to you right now, what was, what was the best moment of this 2018 season so far? Is there something that jumps out at you? The best moment so far. Um, how's, how's that? That sounds better, yeah. 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 The, the best moment so far. 
Yeah, pro- probably the the touchdown against Iowa State okay. that that put them up ten and and kind of secured that win because that was the 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 most in question game that Iowa ended up winning. There there was a, that the drive against Wisconsin after the Sean Byer stepping on the punt. Wisconsin goes in to, to take the lead. Iowa comes right back, drives right down the field, does whatever they want, throws it to Fan in the end zone. Like that moment when Iowa retook that lead, and I truly felt that Iowa was the better team, was not only going to win that game, but now, you know, all bets are off. Iowa, 11 win team, going to, the, going to Indianapolis, all of that kind of stuff. I guess if you're talking about a moment when Fant caught that touchdown, to take the lead against Wisconsin. That's that's probably it for this, me. This play here. Stanley up under center, rolls right, throws, caught, touchdown! Touchdown, Iowa! Touchdown! Noah Fant, 16th touchdown. Go to your pacifier. <laughs> Noah Fant, he just makes plays. All right, Mark Emmert, who works for the Des Moines Register. You hear him on KXNO with me on Wednesday nights doing Hawk Central. Mark's going to join us here in about 10 minutes or so, and we've got some questions that we'd like to run through him also. I did uh, think that Chuck's answer, Chuck Long has joined us. We had Gary Dolphin on with us. I thought Chuck's answer on what this offense needed, Andrew, was interesting. And it, it kind of what you and I talked about at the very end of that first hour, that if there's one thing that this Iowa offense needs – it's a more consistent running attack. Now, do you think uh, is that offensive line play, or do you think that is just finding the hot hand at running back? Well, I think part of it is is uh, Ivory Kelly Martin hasn't didn't play for what two games. Yep. I mean, he sat at the Iowa State and the UNI game uh, and and looked pretty good again against Wisconsin. But there's a reason he was the number one guy coming into the season. I think he has another level um, and. And he just hasn't been able to get there yet because of that injury. It's been nice to have Makai Sargent and Torin Young as as the guys who you can go to. And and Sargent's had a very good year. They they both had their moments. But I think once now that we've gotten through the bye, and and Iowa can really kind of start to hit a rhythm. I think you will see Ivory Kelly Martin separate from those other guys. Uh, and, and I think that's going to be where Iowa needs that consistency. It is interesting though because Iowa has no semblance of a deep threat in the wide receiver game and and really wide receivers that haven't done much if anything at all uh, it's been the tight ends you know, the entire season I yeah mean, it's almost like the, it's almost like okay. the wide receivers have been used as the outlet and so so you could think well then the thing that they need is is a deep passing game is a deep threat in the passing game well it's it's like chuck said the way Iowa's program has been built under Kirk Ferentz, the running game often leads to that. You need to to pound teams on the ground, get that running game going, get up over 100, 150 yards. Then you start to see the defenses come in, crash that line, and that's when you see some openings on the outside. And so, yeah, I mean, you look, you have Nick Easley with three, four catches this year, Amir Smith-Marset with three, Brandon Smith with four for 78 yards. He's a guy that I think a lot of people have, have heard about, and he could be a guy Andrew, to, to be kind that, of a deep threat. That's but, 12 catches for your top yeah. three wide receivers. So it's, it'd be easy to sit here and say, you know, that that they need a deep threat. They need the wide receivers. That's what this offense needs. What this offense needs is more consistency in the running game, which will then lead to this isn't, this isn't going to be a high-powered yeah, passing right. offense. It's just not going to be. And so, yeah, I, I agree with Chuck. Yeah. I think he's. It's it's easy to say though, right? Oh yeah, we talking about offense. Yeah, I agree with Chuck Long. 
I think he knows what he's talking you about. Know, I, I want to say something just before we like move on. I just want to geek out for just a second here like to let people know like we understand how cool this is, that how lucky we are to be able to do this. I'm hosting a show that, that was founded by Jim Zobel, who's an absolute legend. So far, we've talked to Gary Dolphin, a guy who has been in my, in my radio, in my car or my house with my dad and with my son for 25 years now. And we talked to Chuck Long, one of the greatest players in the history of Iowa, and that's been that's been my last hour and a half on on a, a radio station that I've listened to my entire life. That the fact that I'm even in this room is kind of a pinch me thing. Let alone the show I'm hosting, the people we've talked to, talking Iowa football on the voice of Iowa football uh, with two of my best friends. Like this is it doesn't get better than this. I used to say, Andrew, if uh, if I'd have been born four years later. I really think my name would be Chuck Long Peterson. <laughs> I really do. Right. Like he, that guy was a he was as close to like God status in yeah. my home yeah. when I was a little boy. And now he's just a dude you text with. Yeah, that you, exactly. That you talk to I, every week. It, when I we came across the border and the phone went on, one of my first messages was from Chuck Long. And what do I do? Hey guys, no big deal. <laughs> just got a, just got a text message from Chuck Long. Right. You know. Now he's just your buddy. See, I do that when I get a text from Ross Peterson. Stop say, it over there. Dude, there I just go. got a text from Ross. Sean Roberts. Go. Hey, how's your, uh, how are your teams doing today? Uh, Notre Dame plays uh, Stanford this evening. Oh, that's right. Big game. Man, all, the, eight. all the great games of like national attention are kicking off here after we wrap up. Iowa State, not that that's a game that has a lot of national attention, but obviously here locally, even kicking off at 6.30. Are they kicking off six right o'clock. at 6 o'clock? Yep, okay. 6 o'clock. 6.30 is the kickoff between Ohio State, Penn State, we're keeping an eye right now on Purdue and Nebraska. Purdue's up 14, 35-21. There's about 90 seconds left in the third quarter. Purdue is driving, and they are in the red zone, I believe. Yes. Right now they're at the 50-yard line, but I believe there's a flag. Oh, okay. The they must have, okay. They had a big play that took them down to about the uh, the 20-yard line. That must have got uh, brought back also. Either way, Purdue with uh, a control of that game, 35-21, We've still got about 16 minutes left in that contest. Northwestern and Michigan are at halftime. Northwestern with a 17-7 lead. Uh, around the Big 12, it's kind of been interesting also because, uh, well, I thought I had the Big 12 up here. Maybe not. Don't sleep on the Brewers game tonight. You guys are going to have to get me up to date because AD was telling me a little bit about this. It's a lot going on in the insanity that can happen, man. American League's boring. American League's done. Well, American League was done before I left for Canada, (laughs) but while I was up there, the National League uh, tightened up crazy, like man. It got intriguing. There's like uh, the the Braves have clinched the division, and that's the only division that's been clinched right now as we head into the final day of regular season baseball. Game 162 is tomorrow, and we don't have a playoff picture rounded out for the NL yet. We don't have a, a division winner in the NL Central. We don't have a division winner in the NL West. And there are three teams vying for two wild card spots. And there are several opportunities for games on Monday to break ties between the Dodgers and the Cardinals and a couple of possible hmm. division ties. Ah, baseball can be a lot of fun when people start paying attention, doesn't <laughs> it? All right, when we get back, we're going to get back to football, Iowa football specifically, and maybe even start looking ahead to next week, that game against Minnesota, when Mark Emmert joins us. Fox News Radio, I'm Debbie Hanley. President Trump spoke today about the FBI investigation underway into sexual allegations against Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah, they have free reign. They're going to do whatever they have to do, whatever it is they do. They'll be doing things that we never even thought of. And hopefully at the conclusion 
everything will be fine. The president is in Wheeling, West Virginia for a rally tonight. Actress Lindsay Lohan was punched in the face in Moscow. TMZ reports Lohan accused Syrian refugee parents of trafficking their two boys. After tailing the family and trying to take the kids, the mother hits Lohan. Give me your Fox News, we report, you decide. Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by JLM Gun Shop and Grinnell Mutual Reinsurance Company. Here's the snap from center. Kemp back to pass. Again, good protection. Then it breaks down and a sack. Big Matt Nelson, whose folks graduated from Iowa State. He's a Hawkeye, and he got the big sack. Now, Gary was mentioning that because that Matt Nelson sack came at the expense of Kyle Kemp in the Iowa State Cyclones. Doesn't seem quite as relevant when you're just playing it in a bye week. But <laughs> in context, it was it, it made sense to everybody. Andrew Downs filling in for Travis Justice here. By week sound off rolling along. We've only got about 25 minutes left. If you'd like to join the conversation, we would love to hear from you at 284-1040. I, uh, I missed out on my Saturday sound off therapy. I missed out on my Monday night Chuck Long moments. And Mark Emmert and Chad Lysico, two of the guys that write for the Des Moines Register, they joined me on Hawk Central every Wednesday. That show rolled along without a skip, without me on it. Mark Emmert was nice enough to uh, to join me on a Saturday. Hey, Mark, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you, Rob? I'm doing well. You you were the guy that nailed this when we were talking uh, the week before Wisconsin. So now maybe going back, oh, geez, 10, 12 days. You told me to be cautious, that uh, not to expect Wisconsin to be the type of team to have two bad games back-to-back. I think you hit that on the head. I felt like Wisconsin played a very fundamental game, uh, stuck to what they knew and what they were really strong at throughout that game, and obviously it paid off with that big drive at the end. Uh, so, first of all, tip of the cap to you for trying to to reel me back in on Wisconsin the previous week. Uh, what was your reaction to, to the game? Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, obviously a very well-played game, uh, very evenly matched. Uh, Iowa course as you saw had a, had a very good chance to win that with a lead in the fourth quarter and uh to me what i kept saying was just it felt very familiar uh, similar to the uh penn state game from a year ago just uh could not keep a good quarterback out of the end zone when, when they needed to and uh that 88 yard drive by uh by mr hornybrook was really a thing of beauty i mean he made every play so you got to give him credit for that and uh and that was the result they just uh they gave him one one opportunity too many and uh and that's what they, you know, they paid the price. Well, and Mark, we learned that that garbage time touchdown by uh, Wisconsin at the time we thought had really no consequence on anything, but learned right. uh, Tuesday with Kirk Ferentz's, um, I guess, not media availability, the Big Ten pr- uh, teleconference, that Nick Neiman was injured in that play and is out for a couple of weeks now. Uh, what does that do to Iowa? What does it look like uh, to replace him? And uh, guys, just o- overall thoughts on that. Yeah, that's a big loss, I think. I honestly think he's been, been their best linebacker this year. Overall, and uh, now they got to figure out. Like, I mean, Barrington Wade would be the next guy in logically, but they also said they're going to move Christian Welch over there and give him some reps. You know, I guess it was good they had a bye week to kind of figure this out. Uh, Ferentz, I think the word he used was tinker. We're going to tinker with it this hmm. week, kind of see what that looks like. And I think 
I wouldn't be surprised to see Welch move over there because I, I knew they like I know they like Colbert, and then they could have uh, you know those two guys out there with Hockaday. But uh, but Barrington Wade also might get his shot. I know they like him as well. They've got some depth there at linebacker. That's, that's the good news. Uh, and then the other situation, of course, is we don't know what a couple weeks means <laughs> for uh, for Mister Neiman. I think um, you know it looked to me like it might be a hamstring. He just said it was a leg injury, but it looked to me like he kind of pulled up, like he might have pulled a hamstring there. And uh, those things obviously can linger a little bit longer than you know than a couple of weeks. So we'll, we'll see if he's back for the Indiana game even. Andrew was filling in for me last week on SoundOff, Mark, and he said that the primary reaction that they got from fans was focusing back on that opening drive and Kirk Ferentz's decision to go for it on fourth down. What was your reaction at the time? Just kind of looking back on hindsight, how have you? What do you think of that uh, that decision? Yeah, well, I think I think it's an obvious decision to go for it on fourth and must have won the five yard line. I mean, obviously, seven points there gets you a lot more than three, and uh, would do that now. But um, the play call they ran may not have been the the best. I think uh, we talked to Brian Ferris this week, and he made it sound like that was a play they had planned all week that they were going to run it. If, if they got in that situation, they're going to try to sneak Stanley over. Didn't get there, and uh, and they always talk about complimentary football at Iowa, and that was an example of it because not only did the offense not get that first down, but then you got to pin back at the five-yard line. That should be a situation where you get the ball back in good field position. That's got to be part of your thinking there, right? That, that even if you don't make it, you're still in a good spot. And, of course, the defense let them go 95 yards the other way for their first touchdown. So that's a failure on both ends, in my opinion. But I, I do think the call to go for it was absolutely the right call. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that. I felt that way watching it at that time. And uh, uh, it was it seemed like, you know, obviously when it doesn't pay off, that that's, becomes a, a popular time to kind of jump on board. And then the, when Sean right. Beyer ends up getting, whether it's pushed into that ball, he backs into that punt, that's just one of those moments that feels like, uh, that Wisconsin fake punt from a couple of years ago, Mark. It, it right. is just almost unbelievable when you're watching it. And, and I'm glad to know that Hawkeye fans didn't melt down too much from, from that one. Are you being serious? Did they, did they melt down too much? I, I heard some reaction, yeah. I mean, I I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't pay as much attention to it probably as you guys have to on your radio show, but, uh-huh. the following show. But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of... Uh, and still has been, you know, ever since. That was obviously a mistake the kid made. There's no question about it. Yeah. Been nowhere near that ball. He wasn't the only one, though. There were a couple other teammates that were kind of joining him over there. And I thought, I couldn't tell either if Gornowick even, you know, how, how vocal he was about, you know, calling out to, to get away from the ball either. So, I mean, it's not really entirely Byers' fault, but uh, it was unfortunate. And then I'll go back to the complimentary football thing again, though, because uh, they had first and goal to 10, but they had third and goal from the 12, which, which should be a situation where you hold them to a field goal there. And Kirk Ferentz referenced that, too, in the Tuesday teleconference that, you know, if they get out of there with a field goal instead of a touchdown, that's, that's a pretty big lift for that, that team, just, you know, psychologically. But instead, they got third and goal from the 12. They got that touchdown pass on against Iowa's dime defense, and uh, they got seven there instead of three. Another, another, I think, big turning point. We were chatting with Chuck Long to start the hour, and Chuck mentioned that he feels like, uh, as a player and coach and now analyst, he thinks that bye week is one of the most mismanaged weeks in college football, that, that college coaches just seem to be kind of still trying to get a grip on how to handle this week. Have you noticed any changes in the way that Coach Ferentz handles bye week over the last couple of years? Yeah, I think they do it situationally. I think they kind of try to gauge kind of, you know, the, the mood of the team and, and what they need. And this week they kind of reverted to something they used to do in the past where they actually treated it almost like a game week up through Wednesday. Like they had three full practices, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like they normally would. And then, of course, they gave the guys this weekend off. The only difference would be, of course, at the uh, – the backups got a lot more snaps with the starters than they would in a typical week, but uh, they were trying to make it more like a like a game week as possible, just to kind of keep this team, I think, focused 
uh, you know, coming out of this bye week next week against uh, Minnesota. Yeah, and Minnesota has a bye week also. What should we expect yeah, with the same. with the Gophers? Well, you know, I'm sure you've heard they lost their best defensive player in their game against Maryland. Antoine Winfield Jr. is out for the season. They've already lost Rodney Smith for the season, their best running back, probably their best offensive player. Uh, very young team. Um, I think they got exposed at Maryland. I think I didn't think they were very good to begin with. So I thought that three and zero record at the beginning of the season was a little bit misleading. Uh, I expect. I mean, Iowa definitely will have the, the advantage in experience and talent. Uh, there's no reason for them to go up there and lose. It would be a really bad loss for them to stumble, and I, I don't expect that they will. I think they should be able to handle Minnesota pretty easily, honestly. Uh, another thing Chuck Long brought up, we, we asked, you know, what he'd like to see out of this offense, and he didn't say uh, wide receivers get more involved or, or find a deep thread. He said a little more consistency in that running game. Now with Ivory Kelly Martin back from that injury and, and now a bye week to even get a little more healthy, uh, do you expect to see him more often? Do you expect to see this running game uh, change at all after this bye week? I do. I thought I thought I actually thought he was good against Wisconsin. I think he is. Uh, really the most dynamic. And uh, they averaged 4.8 yards per carry against Wisconsin, which is you know, a pretty good mark for Iowa. They'll take, they'll take that any week. So uh, he's right. Uh, obviously, the running game sets up everything at Iowa. And, uh, and I think they will be. I mean, Minnesota is certainly a very young defensive front. Uh, they should be able to have some mismatches there. I also think the offensive line has been quite good this year, much better than maybe we yeah. expected. So I think you're right. As we get into October, November, those are, those are months where you might see some bad weather at times. And I expect to see the running game get uh, you know a lot healthier. Mark, thanks for giving us time on a Saturday, man. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you throughout the week here, okay? All right. Thank you, gentlemen. You bet. That's Mark Emmert. You can see all of his hard work at hawkcentral.com and at the Des Moines Register. When we get back, we're going to try to hook up with a dude that uh, you're used to hearing here on Saturdays, Travis Justice. Got to experience something today that most of us as sports fans, as college football fans, we've done a dozen times, hopefully. If you, even if you're a young college football fan, I mean in your 20s, I hope you've had the chance to go to your favorite school and tailgate. You don't even have to have a ticket to a game. You don't. You'll love it. If you've had that experience, you've got one up on Travis Justice. Nearly 50 tailgating for the first time today. Is he sober enough to answer the phone? That's the question we'll answer next on Sound Off, News Radio 1040, WHO. Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by the Iowa Lottery, Cookies Food Products, and American Trust. And a tight end. Stanley's going to throw. Let's it go toward the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Touchdown, Noah Fant. Touchdown, Iowa. Oh, man, if I'd have been thinking, I would have pulled a highlight from today's big Kansas game. Oklahoma State 48 to 28 over Kansas and we've got boots on the ground. Travis Justice. How was tailgating today, dude? Here's the deal. You 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 both have to understand this. Is that from 1994 to 2010, I did not miss a college football game. I, I was Hey, buddy, now listen, I tried to explain to them very early on and I told our audience, this is today was legitimately your very first tailgating experience. It, it, it really was. Yeah. I've never tailgated up until today. And we, so we went to Sands Club last night. We got a case of beer. We got a fifth of vodka. We got some orange juice. We didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. So we pull into Lawrence, Kansas. Of course, my kid's not up. You know, heaven forbid if he actually cared that his parents were coming to town. <laughs> so we're, so we're driving around Lawrence trying to find a place to park. 
And God, thank God I listened to my wife because she's like, don't park here. We're a long way from the stadium. So we ended up parking in this guy's yard for 20 bucks. And we had the time of our life. We met great people. Uh, they gave us their breakfast burritos. Hmm. We left at halftime because, well, we knew that KU was going to get beat. We had brisket at halftime. And I learned something about 11 o'clock game. You guys tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, beer, not popular. Vodka, orange juice, very popular. <laughs> yeah, Bloody Marys are a very popular thing in the early morning tailgate. The older you get, the tougher it is to, to drink a beer at 7 in the morning. You know, Bloody yeah, Marys, screwdrivers, those, goes down, those go down a lot easier. Crown run. The screwdriver is a lot easier. And then we started... You know, I was just giving everybody the, the host to where we parked in his yard. I'm like, you want a, you want a screwdriver? You want a screw? So his brother-in-law, him, and then his wife. I had them all hammered by the time halftime rolled around. <laughs> so wait a minute, the guy that charged you twenty bucks to park in his yard kind of hosted the tailgate. Well, no, well, yeah. So he's like, you can tailgate here all you want. So I just started giving him screwdrivers. But in return, when his when his barbecue company showed up, I got his breakfast burritos, and he had for my whole family now. And then he uh, he gave us brisket at halftime, so I thought that was a fair trade off, right? Yeah, hundred percent. When you first yeah. said you part, you paid twenty bucks to park in a Kansas game. I thought you were a bit stupid, but you, yeah, th- this this was worth the experience, definitely. And yeah, by the yeah, way, so, when you when you were in college, did you care when your parents came to town? Uh, no, because I went to Grandview. They didn't. Care. They never came to town. <laughs> See, I loved it because I my my dad would you know give me the old you know so, sixty dollar handshake. And I was so, like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm set for drinking for the next two weeks. You know, I didn't, I didn't leave Owen any money, but I gave him the rest of the beer and the rest of the vodka that I had. Is that a trade-off? Yeah. I think yeah. that's fair for a college kid because that's what it's, he was going to do with your $20 yeah, anyway. Exactly. It's harder for him to turn that 20 into beer and liquor. You just you cut out the middleman. Yeah. Okay, okay. so because I don't care because he's in college, but we got there at 8 o'clock in the morning. He showed up at 1045 still drunk from the night before. Good for Owen. I love Owen so yeah, much. Yeah, good for he's, Owen. He's doing college. He's right. enjoying oh, his college years. That's for sure. So, so, so then I kept pumping him full of more vodka and beer, and then he became like this. My wife's staring me down right now. If you guys can see the look that killed. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, he gets he's like Chatty Cathy. So he starts introducing himself. He's going up to every good looking girl around, going, "Hey, I'm Owen Justin. Oh, hey, I'm that's Owen awesome. Justin." <laughs> you gave him some confidence. I like it. I did. I tried. Okay. No, let me I, tell you, uh, the football was horrible. We went for a half. I'm like, okay, we got <laughs> That's fine. It's just going to get <laughs> right. How bad they're, is Kansas? Uh, they're pretty bad. Yeah. They're, they're really bad. And we, we actually got – I should have never paid for the seats because the guy tell you, he goes, if you hold out, you go in for free. But I, I'm like, I got 50-yard line tickets for 15 bucks. So I, so I parked and went to a game with four with, – so Greta, Mary, and Ange went with, went with me. For eighty bucks, that, that's all the money I spent today. I think that's pretty good, isn't it? Yes, that's that'll get you in. That'll get one of you into Kinnick. Yeah, so I, I, I was pretty pleased with that. We left at halftime, went had some brisket, more beer, and now we're on our way back. It was. It's been a great day. We were going to stay the night, then we're like, I was like, hey, I, I'm pretty hammered. I got to go to bed. So then we're like, <laughs> okay, then we're going to go home. <laughs> well, well, Travis, when you get back to Nebraska, if all your neighbors are are in a bad mood. They're uh they're down forty two to twenty eight to Purdue at home right now. Oh my, oh my, yeah. Well, I think they've been a, they've been in a permanent bad mood since I think like two thousand and four. <laughs> so it's it's just kind of fun. I'm gonna go. I, I just we'll stick the Iowa State and the and the Hawkeye flag out in the out in the yard because we have them. 
and then uh, we'll keep uh, we'll just make all our neighbors mad. Because my wife's an Iowa State grad, you know, she was a member of the Iowa State University varsity football marching band, trombone player, by the way, 1990, 1989. Breaking it down right here. Yeah, trombone, trombone, very difficult to play. In fact, there's a lot of uh, kind of uh, sexism things that the women deal with because a lot of people don't think that they have strong enough lungs to play trombone. So good out of uh, Anjanette, overcoming all those stereotypes. You, and you, you would not believe the lungs my wife has to play the trombone. Travis, we love you, brother. Talk to you soon. See you next week. See you next week, bud. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Didn't talk to uh, to Travis about uh, about that Minnesota game. Didn't talk to Travis about expectations, Andrew. I think that's nah. where I'd like to kind of focus these last five minutes. All, all right? right. So expectations for the Iowa Hawkeyes for the rest of the year. Let's start maybe with, uh, with uh, the big look, and then we'll kind of break it down offensively and defensively. What's your expectation for the end of the season here? What are we talking about with this 2018 Hawkeye team? My expectation now is nine and three and a good bowl game. Um, you know, I think you you'd probably lose at Penn State, and you, Northwestern looks good. Today. You're gonna you're gonna drop one of these other games, right? You're, you're not you're probably not gonna run the table. It's, I was just not that team this year. It takes we saw it a few years ago. It takes a special team to do that. Uh, had now it's funny because had I will beat Wisconsin, I'd I'd probably sing in a different tune. But again. In those situations, if you're going to be that kind of a team, you have to make plays when you have to make them, right? And, and in, in 2015, Iowa made all those plays. They were the team that came up big when it had to be done, and they they weren't the other night uh, against Wisconsin, and so that in and of itself kind of tells me they don't have that kind of it factor, that special thing this season. So um, I'm, I expect a good season. I expect them to, to play well and beat some teams and look good, but I don't expect – to get back into the Big Ten West hunt, mostly because Wisconsin's schedule, uh, outside of going to Penn State and going to Michigan, it's a very similar schedule to Iowa. They don't play Michigan State. They don't play Ohio State. Uh, So I see Wisconsin maybe losing two more games, and that means Iowa can't lose another, which, again, I don't see happening. So I see a good season. I'll be happy with 9-3, and but not a great, special, you know, tell-your-kids-about-it season. See, I'm still holding on to that 10-2. and I I could see that loss to Penn State. I think that's even a game that the Hawkeyes could win. Yeah. And then maybe drop a game to, like, Northwestern or something like that. 10-2, and 9-3, and certainly. They played Penn State well, no matter where that game is, under Ferentz. Anthony gives us a call here on Sound Off. Thanks for calling us, Anthony. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good, Ross. How was your uh, fishing trip? It was absolutely amazing, man. I've got uh, lifelong memories that I made last week. I caught a, uh, what, 28-inch walleye. I caught a 35-inch northern and uh, caught a heck of a buzz, too, most nights. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, it's kind of panic time for the Cubs. I don't know what's going on with Chicago right about now. But the thing is there, guys, you're talking about expectations. I think Iowa could win nine games with only one loss or one loss, but thing is there, guys, what our specialty teams need to do on next Saturday against Minnesota to keep Floyd back here in Iowa, in Iowa City. And I'll uh, hang up and listen, and uh, go Hawks. Go Hawks, guys. Anthony. It's always great to hear from you, buddy. Thanks so much for giving us a call every weekend. You hit it on the head there with the special teams, AD. You were kind of talking yeah. about I think this is a group that obviously has not lived up to expectations, and that was the one thing that you said. Um, the the one unit that you felt hadn't lived up to expectations. Miguel Racinos was a dude that we didn't expect. I think he has as many missed field goals this year, three, as he yeah. did all of last season. Right. 
Kyle Gronenweg looked really good in those first three. A couple of big mistakes with the special teams for sure on Saturday against Wisconsin. But my hope for that, and if I would talk about something specific that I would uh, that I think uh, I have high expectations for in the second half or after this bye week, it's special teams. Yeah, I think that's we're Button going that to up. see we're going to see something magic happen from Kyle Gronenweg. Button up what's happening with kick with kicking and punting, obviously. But uh, I, I think that there's some real excitement there for him. And uh, I think it was Chuck Long who said during that bye week, you can kind of break a pattern that you don't like. And, yeah. and hopefully that's what I was working on. I'm sure it is because, you know, before, as we're getting ready for the show, you throw out, we might do grades. Uh, so I thought about it in my head. Special teams, C minus, maybe just because Greenwig has looked good. Um, I think that's and fair. So, so they need to really step that up. And it's weird because under Ferentz teams, they've been pretty solid typically. So it's, it's right. weird to see that. You have to think they'll button it up. All right. It, Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off will look about a 7 o'clock, 7.30 start time. We'll roll till 10 o'clock next week. Hopefully breaking down a fun Hawkeye win here on News Radio 1040 WHO. WHO, Des Moines, and iHeart Radio Station. And on your HD radio, KDRV HD2. News Radio 1040, WHO. Right now, today's top stories from Des Moines News, Traffic, and Severe Weather Station. News Radio 1040, 